Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the blessed opportunity you've given us to gather in your house and to get into your word. Help us now as we continue our studies through the book of Revelation to understand the message you want us to receive and to be encouraged to go out and share it with others as well. Thank you oh so much for all of it as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Continuing our Explain a Word series in the book of Revelation, let's pick it up in chapter 15. It reads, And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord? And glorify thy name, for thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. And after that I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. And the seven angels came out of the temple, having the seven plagues, clothed in pure and white linen, and having their breasts girded with golden girdles. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials full of the wrath of God, who liveth forever and ever. Now these, this beast that he's speaking of, these, one of the four beasts he mentions back there in Revelation chapter, over in chapter 4, where he first gets that vision and looks into heaven and sees those beasts, and he gives that description of of those beasts, the various images, and they were full of eyes before and behind. They were given that wisdom, that understanding, and they had those six wings and so forth. You can go back over in chapter 4 to see those descriptions of those. We don't know which one of those four was given this task to give these vials or bowls to this seventh angel. And the receiving of these and the Pouring out of these initiates the second half of the tribulation, known also as the Great Tribulation, which is the most severe judgments that come upon the planet. Verse 8 there in chapter 15 again, And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from the power, and no man was able to enter into the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. And right into chapter 16, And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worship his image. Now we know at the midpoint of the tribulation when the Antichrist gets indwelt with Satan, that they build that, that statue or that robot-like image that they have to bow down and worship and they have to take the mark of the beast in order to buy, sell, or trade. But that's what he's speaking of here is taking that mark, that mark which is the 666. 
It reads in verse 3, And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man. And every living soul died in the sea. That means all the creatures. So that food supply there is cut off. So they don't have anything that they can get from the sea to eat because it's all dead now. And it's got to be a horrible stench from all that. And as it continues, And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and the fountains of waters, and they became blood. So even the springs or the fountains and the, the rivers became blood. So they had no good fresh water and no good seafood from the oceans to be able to eat. And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and must and shalt be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. Blood to drink. they got to drink something, or you'll die within just a few days if you don't have something to drink. Of course, many would probably have stored up various containers of water, the preppers, as you know them, they like to store up stuff and, and have plenty to do for a short season. But this is going well into the second half here of the tribulation. And by that time, they probably would have used up those stockpiles of their rations and so forth. But as it said there, the fountains, so you would think even the springs were polluted with this blood and then you kind of wonder if the deep wells would produce good water or, or not. But if the fountains are turned to blood, apparently all the water had become blood. So they had to drink that. Verse 7, And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. Now that's some serious global warming there. When you be totally scorched with the sun. He's a man, excuse me, in verse 9. And men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. So even with all this going on, they know that it's coming upon them as judgments from God. And that's why they're blaspheming God. Instead of repenting and asking for forgiveness, they're turning the other way. Just that much more contrary and that much more anti-Christ. Verse 10. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast. And his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain. Now we see we're already up to the fifth one. There's only seven. And this chapter 16 is kind of an overview. It, it goes just briefly through what's going to be occurring over that second half, that three and a half years. As it continues. And they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores and repented not of their deeds. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. 
preparing them for basically when they come in for the invasion of the battle of Armageddon. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils. So these demons coming out of them, given special powers and strength and ability. He's working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. And that is, is the battle of Armageddon. This gathering together of those kingdoms will be those that are still in power by this time in the tribulation. Because we know that the Antichrist rises up, basically takes control of the whole planet as a government leader, and he establishes a one-world religion, one-world government, one-world economy, and so forth, all pulled together. And these mightier and more equipped nations are those that are going to come up against the Lord near the end there of the tribulation. As he continues, he explains this further. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. So that's where this big battle is going to take place. And the seventh seal poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, it is done. This is right at the end of the tribulation. Because now you see what happens there at the very end. Reason there were voices and thunderings and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake such as was not since men were upon the earth, so mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. So, so severe of an earthquake that he's basically reshaping the whole planet. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent, which is a hundred pounds. So these could be stones that were cast up from a great earthquake opening up the earth and like a volcano and spitting out all this big chunks and boulders and rocks and coming down upon people. And men blaspheme God because of the plague of the hail. For the plague thereof was exceeding great. So basically just coming down on top of everybody and killing everybody because no one could survive this but those that are protected by the Lord in the mountains of Megiddo. And in chapter 17 here, and 18, it speaks of Babylon and an adulterous woman. The adulterous woman and Babylon are symbolic of the one world government, one world business, one world religion. This gets into it here, chapter 17. And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials and talked with me, saying unto me, 
Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. Now, when we get into 17, we're kind of backing up because chapter 15, 16 there was a brief view of the, the next three and a half years of the tribulation. And now it's going to go back and give you a little details, a little bit more almost poetic account of Babylon and the destruction of Babylon during that second half of the tribulation. Start there again in verse 1. And there came one of the seven angels which had his seven vials and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore which sitteth upon many waters. This great whore is considered the religion, the one world religion, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication." And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore dost thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. Now he's going to give us some details what these images mean. The beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit. Speaking of Satan. And go into perdition, and they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they beheld the beast that was and is not, and yet is. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. Seven regions, you might say. And there are seven kings. Five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of the seven and goeth into perdition. That last beast that he's talking about there is going to be, the, or that last of the kings is the Antichrist. And this beast that indwells him, of course, is Satan. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the lamb, and the lamb shall overcome them, for he is lord of lords and king of kings." 
Now that war against the Lamb, of course, the ultimate one is going to be there at the Battle of Armageddon. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful, those that are with Jesus Christ, the Lamb. And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. Because it goes all over the whole planet, the one world religion, one world governmental system. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. So you see an uprise against that one world religion when the Antichrist rises up to just be worshipped himself and destroys this great whore that is the one world religion that was established at the beginning of the tribulation time. Many have said that this is going to be the Catholic Church. It's not the Catholic Church of today, but because the Catholic Church is such a well-organized worldwide religion and it has such a good hierarchy established that that will be the model of what they will use in tribulation time. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast unto the Words of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. Great city. It's not a little literal city, place with buildings and dwellings and so forth and people living in, but this is talking about the city, the, the group of believers. Just like when we are Christians, we become part of the kingdom of God. The kingdom is considered the group of believers. This city here is the believers in this antichrist religion that he speaks of there. All right, rolling right on into chapter 18. And after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Now we saw the one world religion, the great whore he's talking about there. Now we're seeing that governmental system as well as the merchants, the business, the functioning of that whole trade and so forth that was going on, the one world business system and the governmental system is what Great Babylon is speaking of here, as well as, of course, the worship of the Antichrist. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Talking about the merchants here within this city. So within that city, and then because of the fornication there is talking about what going up against God. And so the religion has been taken care of. And chapter 17 there, the whore is destroyed. Now we're seeing that whole rest of the system, the governmental system and the merchandise system is going to be destroyed next. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. 
Now, by this time, along the timeline of the tribulation, the children have been, the believers have been taken away into the mountains of Megiddo, have been told to flee to the mountains of Megiddo. But you've got to remember, there is 144,000 Jews that are sealed to be teachers, preachers, ministers, evangelists, missionaries during this three and a half years. So they were still there doing a work, even there in the horrible city of cities of the world, which is known as Babylon, were in those cities still doing a work. But the Lord's telling everybody here that is believers to get out of there, to, to flee, for all of them to go and be protected in the mountains of Megiddo. So here we see him once again in verse 4. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues, for her sins have reached unto heaven, and, hath, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her, double according to her works, in the cup which she hath filled, fill to her double. How much she hath glorified herself, and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. One other point I'd like to make about these people coming out that he brought out about be not partakers of her sins would suggest that even these that are the born again, that are the others other than the 144,000 that were sealed, but born again believers that may have still stayed behind and were still maybe intermingling and dealing in commerce during that second half of the tribulation, still looking to make some money, you might say, still not fully committed, but yet our Christians say, get out of there before you get swallowed up in their sins. Now continue back over in verse 9. And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning." standing far off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come, and the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth their merchandise any more. And, excuse me, verse 12. The merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and of pearls and of fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and all fine wood and all manner vessels of ivory and all manner vessels of most precious wood and of brass and iron and marble and cinnamon and odors and ointments and frankincense and wine and oil and flour, fine flour and wheat and beasts and sheep and horses and chariots and slaves and souls of men and the fruits that thy soul lusteth after are departed from thee, and all things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee, and thou shalt find them no more at all. 
Because you see, during the second half of the tribulation, by this time, there was still have been merchandise being exchanged, supplies. Of course, right from the beginning of it, it's well established, but all the way into the midpoint as well. There's still going to have to be a trade back and forth. So here he gets into these details. Speaking of each of these little items in here, you kind of wonder why did he go into so much detail about this and other things we don't have such much detail. But he's speaking of how the whole system, everything, is going to be judged. In verse 15, The merchants of these things which were made rich by her shall stand afar off for the fear of her torment, weeping and wailing, and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, for in one hour so great riches is come to naught. And every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors and as many as trade by sea stood afar off and cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What city is like unto this great city? And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, that great city wherein were made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness. For in one hour is she made desolate. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets of, for God hath avenged you on her. Rejoicing of the destruction of that whole system for the Christians. As it continues, and a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down, and shall be found no more at all. And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipers and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee, and no craftsman of whatsoever craft he be shall be found any more in thee. And the sound of a millstone shall be heard no more at all in thee. And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth. For by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. The sorceries of these great men. Now these are... Identified as great because they are powerful in merchants, in merchandise, in business. So these are the very rich business leaders of the world. And this sorceries would be the, the delusion that people have when they think that they can obtain happiness and fulfillment in gaining great wealth and can also be applied to the drunkenness of the substances that will be available, that are available today, that are like spells on people. The sorceries could be considered here the addictions that people have for drugs, which has profited a lot of people greatly. 
And the great men here could be the great drug dealers of the last days. Because you know, during the tribulation time, there's going to be a lot of folks that are going to turn to substances to hide themselves from the reality of what's going on. So the people that are marketing that is going to get very wealthy. Can be considered that in here as well. Let's read 23 again. And the light of the candle shall shine no more at all in, in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the, tri the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee, for thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. So Babylon destroyed. The great whore, which is the one world religion destroyed, the one world government destroyed, and the one world market system is being destroyed. The entire marketing system, all of that being destroyed. And we know at the very end of that, that he mentioned back over there in chapter 16, verse 17, Reads, And the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne, saying, It is done. So when he destroys that great city, when he destroys the great whore, that will be the end of the tribulation time. Now he gets into more detail about that very last event of the destruction of all those and that battle, a little bit more on that battle in chapter 19. But we'll have to pick that up next time. So let's close. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for your word. So mysterious. So many clues that you give us in here. Help us to understand those clues. Help us to be aware of what's happening in the world today. To, to see the signs of the times. To encourage folks to come to you before all these things get initiated. We truly thank you for the opportunity to allow us to be a part of your work. Help us take this wisdom and apply it properly. Thank you once again as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.